Welcome to the Growth Enablement Madness Podcast, and I'm Jim Ward, your host, CEO of BrainCell, the growth enablement company. I'm absolutely mad about helping businesses grow and scale. And in this podcast, my team and I get a chance to talk shop with industry thought leaders about a variety of growth enablement strategies, stories, and technology trends. I'm happy that you're here, so let's get the growth conversation started. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Growth Enablement Madness podcast. And I'm getting madder and madder about getting growth out of companies. So we really want to grow businesses, both by revenue and by scale and efficiencies. And we're back again, and we have a fantastic guest. But before I introduce that guest, I want to introduce my colleagues, Allie Lippman, who is one of our AEs here, who's an expert in the CX side of the house, customer experience. Allie, say hello to the audience. Hello, audience. That's it. <laughs> no, I'm just so excited to be here with Dan today. But yeah, as, as Jim said, I focus on growth enablement technologies on the CX side of the house. So I help businesses choose and implement tools that are going to help them scale with their growth. Remember, we haven't told anybody who the guest is, and you already gave away a little I'm bit. So sorry. The first name is Dan. <laughs> and we also have with us Brian Anderson, who's our content manager. Brian, say hi to everybody in the audience. Hi, everybody in the audience. Man, it's like Brian is, teeth. yeah, it's like pulling teeth. Brian's like Eeyore a little bit. You think he's a little bit like Eeyore? He's kind of an Eeyore-esque. A little bit, but he's a <laughs> rock and roll guy. My only focus is to make sure you look good on this podcast. That's all that I got to care you know about what? right That's now. all I care about too. Thank you very much. <laughs> all right. So let's introduce this guest who I've been waiting months for because we're very excited and we're graced to have him. His name is Dan Tyre and he's with HubSpot. Hey, Dan, how you doing? Hey, Jim. Nice to meet you, Brian, Allie. I hey, love Dan. it. Thanks for inviting Thanks me. For coming. This is very exciting because I don't think we'll have any problems with our conversation today. You're a very conversational guy with lots of great thoughts. I want to mention up front, though, you also are the author of a book that we are reading in depth, which is called Inbound Organization. Look at that. Yeah. Keep that up for the next 45 minutes. Don't let that. That's awesome. My oh, arms, yeah, the gym today. My yeah, arms are up. getting tired. It's a heavy book, man. Put a little stand there on the side. And I'm a co-author. I did it with Todd Hockenberry. Todd is, he's the best co-author in the history of books, right? We spent hundreds of hours working on this book and never had an argument, right? In like three years, we never had an argument. It was amazing, right? Because as you notated, I'm a little bit of a big energy kind of guy. I got lots of experience on a lot of stuff and I've spotted before that. And Todd is a strategic thinker. He owns, uh, he holds three patents in lasers, right? He's like a scientist, right? And he used to make fun of me, right? Not like serious fun, but he's like, you live in the HubSpot bubble. Right. And it was very instrumental in keeping us grounded for growth for the average industrial manufacturing company. So, folks, this is going to be a great podcast. And really uh, listen closely because Dan's going to have a lot of thoughts and ideas about being an inbound organization, how it will help you grow, how your company will actually be just a better company. And what I mean by that is an inbound organization, I, it's just instinctual if you really do. Uh, what he talks about, it should be the instinct. And I think a lot of us out there start businesses or run businesses the way we think they're supposed to be run rather than instinctively knowing how they should be run. I want to mention that also it's available in Audible, which I've done both. I've been listening to Audible and you guys are live on there, right? Both are doing your narration live. Yeah, we alternated chapters. It was amazing. One of the highlights of my life, went to Times Square. First of all, the publishers, like, we don't usually let authors read their book. I'm like, you're going to want me to read my book. They're like, nah, I think you're going to have to audition. I'm like, I'll audition. I sent them a two-minute tape. They're like, boom, you're going to 
to do your own book. And <laughs> it was amazing. Went to a recording studio in Times Square. They had $300,000 worth of uh, recording equipment and we did it. And they're like, it's going to take you three days. I'm like, no, it's not. It's going to take me like 45 minutes. They're like, no, schedule three days. And I ended up doing it in about uh, a day. And then I had 318 mistakes. That I go back and make, which is hopefully we won't have quite as many in this podcast because it's a little bit shorter. Oh, we don't make right? any mistakes. And if we do, who cares? Ah, That's how I feel. I can't even count that high. So happy accident. Oh, <laughs> happy accident. All right. And I like this group dynamic. Very, very nice. And I love talking about growth. Allie's got it written on her, her whiteboard behind that. Jim, have you ever met a company that didn't want to grow? That's a great question. I've had met companies who are very lifestyle in nature and they perhaps were happy with where they were. So yes, the answer to that question is a yes. It doesn't align well with our thinking because I really believe that you've got to grow or you're going to die. You've got to continue to improve consistently. And there is no such thing as perfection. So forget about perfection. Just continuously improve. That's been my perspective. I think that's right. First of all, globally, the only geographic region that I've seen that is not intensely focused on growth in most cases is Italy, right? We'd be like, do you want to grow? And they're like, eh, maybe. But in a timely fashion, right? In an economic downturn, right? I've been blessed to be a business person for 45 years. I've got all of this experience in selling into three, four recessions, right? And growth moves to the forefront because sometimes, right, your best customer leaves or goes out of business, right? And then growth is just getting back to normal. I think you're going to see that over the next few years, a little bit of different economic environment where federal stimulus is not as apparent, where you're going to have continue to have a little bit of supply chain issues. You're going to have fluctuations, right, in availability of capital. And it's going to be a much different market in which you're going to have to adopt strategies to grow. That's interesting because uh, you and I both have the gray hair. Well, I, I can't see it on you. Yours is short, but but I've been through the late 90s recession, the 2000s recession, and had to manage businesses through that. And you can't let recessions be a reason for not growing. You have to take the bull by the horns. You have to figure out how you're going to grow. And really, that's a lot of the things that we do here with clients. You know, we work on their data to help them to understand where their growth might be. But, you know, maybe I could just ask, step back for a second. What does growth enablement mean to you, Dan? Growth is a pretty hot topic. And it's a little bit different now than it was in the past. Growth used to mean revenue growth, customer growth. Right. And as sometimes it's still that, but sometimes it's gross profit growth. Right. Sometimes it's retention growth. Sometimes it's profitability growth. And uh, one of the differences, you're 100 percent right. Back in the 80s, we just wanted to grow. Right. What I learned very early is growing revenue doesn't necessarily equate to having better customer satisfaction, having a better run business and then sometimes uh, fast paced growth right, can really be a hindrance to creating a good customer experience, right? So growth today means defining the best way to build a sustainable competitive advantage. And it's a little bit different for everyone. That's why an outside view, working with an organization that really understands growth, who can come in and uh, take a look and assess your current situation, make recommendations, right, of the best way to approach it, right? Uh, PayPal, the big payments firm that owns Venmo, announced at the beginning of the year. They're like, no, we don't want to grow any more customers. And I'm like, excuse me? I was amazed. They're like, no, what we want to do is we want to grow the relationship we have with our current customers. I'm like, wow. That was the first time I had heard a major multi-billion dollar company understand and pivot around the new growth metrics. And part of being a business person in 2022 is we always look at the data. 
right? Which is 100%. That's part of being an inbound organization. The data doesn't lie, right? In the old days, we went with our gut. We're like, no, I think we need to do that. Today, if you do that, you'll get skewered. Oh my goodness. Today, you got to look at the details. You got to understand what to measure. It's got to be easily accessible. That data becomes your guidepost for a great customer experience. Couldn't agree more. And just to say it, we're, of course, again, like I said, we're reading your book. I had already listened to it. By the way, uh, for me, listening and then reading increases comprehension significantly. And so it allows me, and we go by, uh, we do so many chapters a week in this book club we have, and then we bring it out to the rest of the group. Well, I want to just give myself a little bit of credit because uh, Allie's in my book club and uh, she said to me, what, Allie? (laughs) I said, oh, you've read this before, Jim. We must because so many of these ideas are are how he runs the business. So I just assumed that he had read it before. And so I'm very I get proud that a lot. Of it makes a lot of sense because you were inbound before you and I ever met, right? You had the core values of being an inbound organization even before you heard the term inbound. And we see that all the time. And just to recap with your audience, right? There are six things that make companies an inbound organization. The first is you have to treat people like human beings. And Brian, does Jim and Allie, do they treat you like a human being? Uh, Yeah, I think. Yeah, I would say All so. Right. There's a little hesitation there. So Allie, <laughs> write like that you. down on your whiteboard. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> of course they do. And you would think in 2022, you wouldn't have to like remind people to treat people like human beings, but nothing is further from the truth right? Like everybody's always shaming and everybody's got an opinion and there's all this stuff going back and forth. Everybody's constantly under attack and that's not the way we've grown up as business people, right? So reminding people that it's humans before money, right, is a core component of the inbound organization. And like you would never say the same thing to Allie and same thing to Brian, same thing to me if we were at a barbecue, Right. But people send the same stupid email to everybody without regard to customization and personalization. It just doesn't make any sense. So people that have big hearts, people who have good customer experience, people who understand that, like it's we talk to entrepreneurs, they'd be like, that's why people do business. We've been doing that for the 30 years. And if you do that, that's great. If you don't do that or you don't think you do that. One of the things that we frequently do when we are working with a customer is we'll sit with the CEO. We'll ask them, how's your customer experience? And they'll say, it's great. I'm like, okay, call your front desk. And they're like, now? I'm like, yeah, pick up the phone, call your front desk. They're like, no. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, I don't want to do that right now. Let's go on to the next exercise. I'm like, the next exercise is for you to call your front desk and see what happens when somebody is engaging, right, with you for the first time, right? And it's usually an eye opener, right, for people to understand the human component. The second is... And this is very, very important. This changed in 2007. In the old days, right, salespeople had all of the power. They had all the glory, right? We made 90% of the money. We did 90% of the sales process. Today, it's split between sales and marketing. That's schmarketing, which is a term I invented in 2007, written up by Thomas Steenberg at Harvard Business School, which was super fun and exciting. Anyway, marketers are as important as sales because of the new way people buy. But the way you sell today is you help people rather than sell to Allie, do you like being helped? Yes. Brian, do you like being helped? Oh, yeah. Okay. Do you like to be sold to, Brian? Absolutely not. Okay. So the way you incur favor, the way you break out and get attention is you lead with helping, right? And part of my responsibilities as HubSpot is to run the boot camp program, cohort-based learning, right? And one of our programs is the pipeline generation boot camp. 
right? And we explain that the best way to engage with people that you haven't talked to is do a little research, understand a little bit about how you might be able to help them and pick up the phone and say, all right, I'm here to help. And I'll tell you, Ali, it's a little bit weird. They're like, help, help with what? And I'm like, nah, it depends. What do you need help with? And they're like, excuse me? I'm like, I was looking at your LinkedIn profile. It looks like you do a podcast. Maybe I can help you as being a guest on your podcast. Or maybe I can help you put it on my social media or whatever you need, right? And that is a distinctive milestone in what we call the HubSpot flywheel is when you engage, you help not sell, right? That's a little weird. Right. But it works and HubSpot's built a great organization around it. The third component of the inbound organization is focus beats bandwidth. The riches are in the niches. Have you ever heard that, Allie? The riches are in the niches? I don't think so. Okay. A a million people have said it before I have, but I've said it a lot. Jim, have you ever heard that? I have heard the phrase. Yes. If you're in the UK, it's uh, if you want to go to the beaches, you've got to work the niches, which is the pronunciation kind of thing. But In the old days, you were a generalist, right? You could sell to anybody, right? And some people still can, right? Today, people are looking for a shortened time to value. What they really want is they want to, like, if they have a stomachache, they want a gastroenterologist. They don't want, like, a general practitioner. They want to get better quickly, right? So this has to do with growth because in the old days, people would say, I'll sell to everybody. That's the way I'll grow. In 2022, the way you grow more quickly and more effectively, right, is you focus on a niche. I have a um, customer who only works with law firms that have 100 attorneys in the U.S. and the U.K. And there's only 200, 250 companies like that. And I'm like, that's a little bit niche. They're like, Dan, all we need is six or eight of those companies, and we are set. And what happens is that if you get really good in that niche, Right. If you're focused, you know the vocabulary, you know the seasonality, you know what they define as success, you know all of the utilization metrics, you know all of the data, right? You become the expert as it relates to the way in which people will find you, right? So that you are the definitive go to person in that particular area. And the unanticipated process is that it helps you grow more quickly, right? Those riches in the niches is awesome. And then solve for the customer. That's not always easy. Solving for the customer is critically important, right? And customers are different faces when they engage with you or prospects are in different days. Some people just want to understand, are you a good fit? Some people are moving into a consideration phase. Some people are looking for a decision phase and all of that super important. Allie, you're going to like this. The fifth foundation of an inbound organization is customer experience is your only competitive advantage. How do you feel about that, Allie? I agree. Allie, what do we talk about? What do we talk about? I always tell our team that really there's a lot of things that other folks can do, but the thing that they can't do is offer the customer experience that we're going to strive to offer, consistently working on customer experience. So I couldn't believe in this more to my core. So HubSpot's been talking about this for a couple of years. In the old days, let's say the turn of the century, 22, you bought because of a product feature, right? When I'm selling enterprise software, people would say, oh, you could do this? This company can't do that. I'll buy this one. Today, development is accelerated so quickly. Everybody has the same product features. And if we don't have that product feature, we're going to have it in six months if that's important to that client set. And if you're focused on that particular niche that we talked about earlier, right, you should understand and engage. You should understand the places those people hang out. You should understand the trade associations that they work with. You should understand where they congregate. And they should see you over and over and over, 
right? And then they have to determine, are they going to work with you or are they going to work with somebody else? If you're like, no, 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 we only focus on this particular segment. And if you're like, our competitive advantage is our customer experience, and then you live that experience with being human, being personable, offering to help, right? It pays huge dividends, right? People scale very, very quickly, right? By focusing on that customer experience. And you can always catch up with the technology. That is a huge difference just in the last two years, right? And then finally, data yields the best decision. If you're not tracking the right information, you're at a huge disadvantage. There's lots of people who try to track it, right? It has to be easy to track. It has to have the right attribution model. You have to be able to see the data very, very quickly so you can draw that correlation. So you can quickly pivot to provide the prospect or customer what they need. It's another advantage of working with a specific customer set. And my experience is entrepreneurs always get a little squirrely. When you say no, you got to focus on it. And they're like, ah, I don't want to say no to a customer. I'm like, okay, you don't have to say no to a customer if they're, you can be opportunistic. But as you're doing your outreach, as you're defining your plan for growth, doesn't it make more sense to go after five companies that are somewhat similar so that you understand the pace, so that you're managing the account-based marketing effectively, so you understand the vocabulary, right? When Todd walks into an industrial company, right? He has three patents, you know, in the first three minutes that he's a manufacturing guy, right? That's just what he's focused on the last 35 years. And it becomes incredibly apparent that if he's in a competitive situation, that's what's going to work. So the inbound organization for some people, like you said, is kind of common sense because you've been doing it for a while, right? For some people, it's a total epiphany, especially in the last two years, because it's digital first, right? It's pretty interesting, what percentage of people do you think know the inbound about the inbound revolution? Mm, I'm going to shoot low. I'm going to say it's about 30%. Okay. You're high, right? I'm high. I don't know if you're high. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. I know. I know. I know. We know each other. How did you know? I know. I know. Allie's rolling her eyes. She's like, gosh, darn it. I told you not to uh, talk before this. <laughs> I know. I know. You said I could go anywhere. So You can. You can go anywhere you want. I forgot, I forgot what the question was, man. <laughs> it's that's funny. All right, Jim. That's money. Yeah. How many people know about the inbound revolution, the inbound organization, what inbound is? Uh, remember, I spent 15 years of my life as the first salesperson for HubSpot, a full-time HubSpot employee for the last 15 years. I've explained inbound to millions of people, right? I do a lot of public speaking. I do a lot of podcasts, things like It's got to be... If it's not millions, it's hundreds of thousands, right? I dedicated my life to explaining what you guys already know and what many of your customers already know and what some of your prospects need to understand pretty quickly because we know it's a competitive advantage. HubSpot has scaled to 143,000 customers, paying customers in 120 countries because inbound is a huge competitive advantage. So we can prove it now, 15 years in. At the like early stage in 2007, People would say, all right, what is inbound? And I explain it like I explained it to you. And then they'd like, does it work? And I'm like, I think so. We got like 12 customers and it seems to work <laughs> for them. Right now, 15 years in, we absolutely have it. So I would think that everybody knows, right? No one knows what it is. The reason why we have to do these podcasts and the reason why this is a great service to your prospects and your customers is because inbound and the terms around inbound is a huge competitive advantage. And most marketers get it, right? Most marketers don't want to spam. They don't want to buy lists. They don't want to antagonize their clients. They want to focus on where they do their best work. It's just natural, right? Salespeople, ah, a little bit different. 
right? Because they've got a quota, they're like, no, I'm going to sell to anybody that is willing to buy. And in the old days, it was buyer beware. If you bought the wrong software, right? you called my boss and said, ah, he sold me something that doesn't work. And my boss would like, Pull me into the office and I'd be like, yeah, maybe I was a little too aggressive on that. Then I'd go back and do the exact same thing, right? I'm not proud of that, but that's the way it worked, right? Today, it's seller beware. If I sell to a customer, it's not a good fit. And I don't have a good relationship with that customer. It's all over social media, right? It's not going to be a particularly good customer experience. And so based on all the things that are going on in 2022, we got to make sure that we are making it easy for everybody to engage in the proper fashion. By the way, just because we had some instincts around inbound organization, we're still picking up wonderful things from the book. Ali, remind me, we were in our meeting, uh, the book club meeting, and we walked away saying, you know, we're going to do better at this. What was it? Do you remember? Our mission. Our mission. Oh our my mission. God. Yeah. Right. When we spoke about the mission, we realized it's got to be clearer. Right. So we have redesigned the mission, which is providing our clients with outcomes very specifically. And I'm not, I don't have the words exactly right, but we want to make sure that we're providing outcomes. To All right. Our so clients. the second thing, when the first thing we do is the phone tree, we always like to meet with the senior management team before we do a consulting program because we want to understand where we're coming from. And one of the briefing questions you ask is how do people start? And if you go to inboundorganization.com, you'll see there's an assessment that you can take because that's the most important question. Lots of people say, all right, I want to do inbound. And Todd is famous for saying to do inbound, you need to be inbound, right? And in that context, right, people are like, well, I think I'm kind of inbound. And like, I'll be the judge of that. Let's ask you 30 questions to understand where you score, right? Once again, going to the data to understand what steps that you need to take. We sit with the senior management team and say, all right, these are the areas where you're strong. These are the areas where you might need to take a little bit of time to dig in. And we always ask the CEO, do you have a mission? And some companies like, yeah, our mission is to make $100 million. I'm like, that's not really a mission, right? Not one that like is uh, galvanizing to your employees. It might be good for your first and second wife, but it's not really the kind of mission <laughs> that will get people to get excited about coming to work every day. And the CEO is traditionally, they'll say, no, they all know the mission, right? And we're always skeptical because we've done it a while. And then we ask people, what's the mission? No one has no it. One the, knows it. The CEO takes the little thing out of his wallet and said, this is the mission. And it's like 14 paragraphs long and you need a little, like, you got to really dig in. HubSpot's mission is to help millions of small businesses grow better, right? And it's easy. It's quick. And we have this thing called the M-Spot, right? Which we talk about, Brian Halligan, the CEO of HubSpot, Darmesh Shah, co-founder of HubSpot, Lori Norrington on our board of directors, all contributed to the book and amazing, right? And we asked them, well, why did you come up with this M spot format. And they're like, everybody needs to know the mission, which is true. And if you know the mission, you're all aligned towards that mission. It helps in a couple of different ways. Number one, everybody understands the common culture and the way of making decisions. Number two, right? It helps with new customer development and it helps with the way in which you're targeting and making good decisions. Number three, it will help you understand who you serve. So the M in M spot is mission. The S is who you serve. Right. For HubSpot, it's our partners, our customers and our employees. Right. That's who we serve. The P in MSpot is the place. And that's three to five like uh, large kind of programs or plays that are very important that everybody has to align to. You have to know the plays that HubSpot are going to do. The T's are how we're going to keep track of it. That is the targets. So everybody has the M spot and then they show you what the targets are going to be to hit. And then the O is amongst the most important. That's the omission. 
These are all the things that we want to do, but we're not going to do in 2022, right? That we want to recognize that lots of people have been in hard work, that it is very, very important to us sometime in the future. But right now, we're not going to do that. Let's stay focused because, as you know, one of the hardest things to do as a growth organization is to stay focused on the priorities. And if you have too many priorities, you can't really stay focused. Therefore, those omissions honor the folks who say none of this is important, but allows people to stay focused on the most important things to hit those targets. That's great. And also making decisions with good judgment. Is that, uh, tell us about good judgment. Uh, Oh yeah, yeah. So that's great. HubSpot has one policy, right? It was very interesting. HubSpot's an amazing company. By far the most thoughtful company about building culture We have culture code, just go out and Google uh, HubSpot culture code. I think it's 147 slides, right? Katie Burke, uh, Darmesh uh, originally researched it. We have what's called an employee persona, right? Lots of companies have a customer prospect persona. We've created an employee persona. My friend Hannah Fleischman, right, said, we got to do the same thing to find the right good fit employees. And as you know, it's hard to find employees in 2022, right? Another like up and down kind of thing with uh, economics and uh, likely it will come back to the mean, right? But you want to find people that have the same type of values that are trying to accomplish the same kind of things that are trying to do the right and same type of work that you like getting along with. So we created this employee persona, HART, right, is the acronym. And that's what we use as the North Star to recruit folks. And now, over the last several years, we start earlier than ever, right? Sometimes, just like the sales process, you, one of the uh, briefing questions is, how is it different? It's much more complex. It takes a longer time, right? People want to make sure that they're making a good relationship. That's why, Ali, that customer experience is so important, right? And it's so treacherous. Because you can have the first nine people be great with customer experience, and then the 10th person shows up and isn't empathetic and doesn't have access to all of the right information, and then it ruins everything, right? Then they're like, okay, we'll go to somebody else. Uh, the other part of being an inbound organization is when we started this in 2014, the average company had about five competitors. How many competitors does the average company have now? Oh my gosh, everybody's a competitor at this point in some way or form. Yeah, the statistics from HubSpot research is about 44, right? In 2021 was the last year that we've got 44 competitors, which is amazing, right? In the old days, you stuck around with somebody because yeah, there were a few options, but then today, right? The reason why customer experience is so important is because you really have to have customer engagement. You have to make sure that your customers appreciate you, that they're back to the website on a regular basis, that you have special kind of programs specifically for your customer, where you are focused on the right kind of engagement, where you make them feel appreciated, special value, We have special webinars just for the customers, no charge programs. HubSpot has our bootcamp academy that we teach all of our customers and at no charge. And if you took these programs live, it would be very expensive and we don't charge on purpose. And then priorities, special events, frequent check-ins, account management, all that stuff, right? That becomes table stakes for ensuring that your customers stick around for the long term. And if they do, then you create this community. The community aspect of that is ensuring that you are getting your best customers to explain their customer experience. Because Allie, you could explain the customer experience and I bet you do a damn good job, right? You work with it all the time, right? You know what it is. But Brian might be a little skeptical. He's like, yeah, but she works for the company. And if somebody else, not you, 
was to explain your customer experience. What happens, Allie? What's the dynamic when somebody else explains how good you are? Well, I mean, it can change, right? It's not from our perspective anymore. It's from their perspective. More powerful, yeah, so number one, more powerful, third-party credibility. Powerful. There yeah. you go, Jim. Exactly. There you go. Right. They're going to be like, no. They're going to be yelling at you. They're like, you got to buy from Allie and Brian and Jim because let me tell you my story. It's personal. It's emotional. It's lending you the credibility that you can never have, right? So we call that the HubSpot flywheel, right? The flywheel has the customers at the center. And at the center of your flywheel, your customers has to be your community. And so a lot of the things that we talk about in customer engagement is really community engagement, where we spend a lot of time thanking and keeping people abreast of all the great stuff that they need to know so that they can be current, so that they can grow their business, so that they can scale along the lines of the inbound organization. And if you really think about HubSpot's success, it isn't just the product. It isn't just about the innovation. And by the way, we met Darmesh in 2008, and he came and spoke for us back in the beginning. It's about those things that continue to build HubSpot's presence in the marketplace, the customer experience. And even though it may be difficult to hire people today, when you have a great culture and it becomes known to the audience, you make it much easier to hire folks because they want to be a part of that culture. Uh, I know a lot of folks at HubSpot have been there for years, so the turnover is low. I like to emulate HubSpot in many ways because of it's such a very smart, well-run organization. Let's just yeah. pause there. That was <laughs> awesome. I got to say thank you. First of all, that's by design, right? Darmest is like the Dalai Lama, right? And having been there for 15 years, I get so much more credit than I deserve. I'm just smart enough to have not get fired over that time. And when we first started at HubSpot, that was by design. We're like, okay, anything a big Fortune 500 company would do, we're going to do the exact opposite. We're going to be people-oriented. We're going to be focusing on our employees. We're going to give lots of stuff away. I now work for HubSpot Academy. This lady, Courtney Sembler, who's amazing, right, always leads with empathy. I'm a huge fan, right, in the marketing department. First 15, 14 years, I was in sales, right, which moving to marketing has been very, very eye-opening because I think marketers embrace the inbound culture a little bit more than salespeople, right? Because the makeup is a little bit different, right? Inbound sales, still very vital. But at the very beginning, right, Darmesh and Brian used to say, no, this is, we want to build a culture where our grandkids can be proud of. And shoot, I am so excited because now Yamini Rangan, who is our CEO, right? A brown woman running a $1.4 billion tech company, right? How often do you see that, right? And women run HubSpot. Amazing. Right. Stephanie Culpert and Kate Buker are CFO. And I think the statistics are diversity statistics, which, by the way, Katie Burke, our chief people officer, has been publishing for the last five or six years. So they're in the public domain, lend themselves to understanding how to grow a modern company. And everything I learned before 2007 went out the window. Everything that I focus on and advise and uh, talk about now is the post 2007, because it's somewhat easy to talk about, right? It's harder to implement, right? Especially when you're under the gun to scale and scale quickly, which is where we are now. And so giving away all of this information, helping companies scale, all of our software starts at free, right? Is one of the foundations of HubSpot Scale. And again, part of the emulation, you know, we are also of dominant female-run company. I am the only man on the leadership team. And I would say the population of the company is probably 60 to 70% female. So Women are better at life than men, right? Honestly, I believe that 100%. Yeah. You should 
see my wife. I'm basically a nine-year-old. She does all the <laughs> thinking and heavy lifting yeah, and yeah, coordination, yeah. right? Amy Tyre, you should have her on the podcast. She's the person who- Oh, I'll have to have her next then. Amazing. Intentional. She's a transformational coach, a yoga instructor, all this kind of stuff. But when we talk about the inbound philosophy, just like you said, no, 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 this is like we've been practicing this. You give $10 to a guy and they go out and get drunk. You give $10 to a woman, they go out and buy diapers for the whole friggin' village, right? And it's just a different level of understanding that we're all in this together, right? Super proud that now in 2022, 70% of HubSpot's board of directors is women or people of color, right? Lori Norrington, who is featured in the book, has the Norrington Decision Matrix which is worth the cost of the book just to understand how to make decisions in 2022. She was amazing and it's uh, super exciting to help companies scale, right, by living these values, understanding what's important. And the companies that are able to implement, right, are going to be the companies that are going to be around for the next 20 years. I do. I want to promote the book really because it is, if you read it and you think about what you should be doing, and using your instincts, because you'll it'll align with you tremendously. And I think that the way perhaps you were taught in business school or the maybe you viewed corporate America, it's just not the way things need to run today. And you'll build an organization that gives you satisfaction. And that's how I feel internally as I'm satisfied. I feel a great deal of satisfaction because I look to our team members and if they do well, well, the company will do well and our customers will be happy. And if our, our customers do well, well, then that's a given. If they do well, and we focus on their outcomes will always do well. In the old days, you went to an office, right? You had two different lots. You had your business life and you had your own life. That's not the way it works anymore. Today, it's all mashed together, right? Today, it's called life. That's why women are better navigators through that difficult kind of situation, right? Because they just have more empathy. They're actual better listeners, right? They understand and want to, and it's not everybody, of course, right? We're making some rash generalizations, but my experience is that they're better positioned right, for what's coming in the future. And that's the key to growth, right? You want to focus on the things that you can focus on. You want to discard the things that are insignificant or you can't influence, especially in an economic downturn. People say, all right, well, what are we going to do? And it's the same thing. You bear hug your employees, right? That's super important. You want to make sure that they understand, right, why they work there, the mission, the vision, who they're serving. You want to be very clear about their mental health and how to be successful. You want to make sure that they can explain their competitive advantage and explain to them. Great companies go through multiple economic cycles. You want to bear hug your current customers, right? That's the customer engagement we talked about. You want to lean into the customer experience, just like Allie says. Listen to Allie, right? Then Be you like want to Allie. Find your, uh, you want to find your niche <laughs> and you want to mind. That's the key. And it comes back to being human. That's what it really Always comes, comes back, back to. I know, comes back I know, I know, I know. I right? know. I know, but what does that mean? How do you implement it? That means your phone tree better work. That means you better have chat on your website. That means you help not sell, right? And the great thing about the book is that we break on it down in a way in which it's easy for people to understand. And sometimes they go like, what do you mean I need to have chat on my website? How is that being human? I'm like, well, somebody has a question, right? And they can't get through and there's no one there in customer service. Uh, you have to like move very quickly. In 2022, every company is a tech company. In the old days, you could say, no, I'm a nonprofit. We don't really do technology. You can't say that anymore, right? It's so many changes driven by smartphones, right? Where we get this immediate gratification of what we need, right? That now B2B has to respond in that fashion, 
right? In the way in which you have to be there all of the time. And therefore, a HubSpot front office suite that combine all of the five hubs, the CRM, which is the number one CRM for scaling companies, the marketing software, the service software, the website, the operations, all of those RevOps. Yeah, yeah, RevOps yeah. Big. They all lend themselves to that scale. And that's super exciting. And it's why we say that we can help people grow better, millions of businesses to grow better. Well, it's absolutely true. And uh, this has been terrific. I think we're moving into our techtainment section, of which you are not prepared for, Dan. We're going to ask you some questions just to get you to know you a little bit better before. I know that you're a busy guy, but Allie, do you have a question for Dan? Yes, I do. Dan, what's the best compliment you've ever received? Thank you for being quiet, Dan. <laughs> it only happened once. I think it was like 18 years ago, right? I give a speech called How to Make 2022 Your Best Year Ever, right? And I've given it for a few years. It's uh, Dan Tire Enthusiasm, Personal Responsibility, How to Set Goals, How to Deal Through All the Craziness in Life. And I used to give it live all the time until March of 2020, right? And then I started giving it like uh, remote over Zoom. And one of the techniques is I tell people to get a highlight reel or an SSP. And Brian, do you know what an SSP is? Glad you asked him. I wish you asked somebody else. Uh, yeah, I don't know. No way you would know. It's called the shameless self-promotion file. And Allie, do you have a file in your email, like a folder in your email where all the nice things that people say to you? No. Okay, get one. Call it the ALSSP. People are always sending me nice emails, like incredible compliments, right? Amazing. And I just started keeping track of it because... I'm a little narcissistic. And because when I was feeling bad and I read them all, I'm like, wow, did I really do that? Oh my goodness. And one of the techniques is uh, there's so much negativity in the world. Oh my goodness. All of these things with global pandemic and war in Ukraine and political instability, all that kind of stuff, right? We got to stay focused on the things we can control. And one of the things you can control is your outlook and attitude, your mindset and attitude. And as a relatively reasonable human being, sometimes I get down, go right to my SSP. Right. Oh, I remember when John Johnson said this. Oh, I remember when Giuliani said this. Oh, I remember when this person said this. And all just gets me all pumped up and excited. And it's one of the five techniques to stay on top. Great idea. Yeah. Positive mental attitude. Yeah. Mindset and attitude. Jedi mind training, I say. Jedi mind training. Got that, you'd be okay. Brian, what do you got for a question? Yeah. So, Dan, obviously, this is very relevant given the malarkey that's been going on with like the Johnny Depp trial, Amber Heard trial, and all the celebrities taking up space in our brain that shouldn't really. But which celebrity do you shamelessly follow in the news? I'm a Met fan. Don't count that against me. So, oh, boy. Wow. Uh, okay. Self-punishing, right? Suffering Met fan. Uh, yeah, this year we're pretty good, actually. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I'm a LeBron fan, right? He stands for a strong human overachievement and been a high performer for a long time. I'm a big Darmesh fan, right? I'm not just brown nose and Darmesh is an extraordinary person that I he is. Been, uh, I agree. You know. I follow Gary V pretty closely. He and I started speaking around the same time and he's been fantastic and has helped me out on a couple of different times. Yeah, Gary Vanderchuk, amazing, right? I was working with an entrepreneur and he's like, I need to meet Gary V. And I'm like, okay, I've met Gary V. He's like, I need to talk to him. And I'm like, okay, I can arrange that. And I called him up. I had only met him six times. And I called him up and I said, well, I'm an executive host. Will you help me out? And he did call the entrepreneur, right? Guy, 
like was amazed. Oh my goodness. So I'm a big fan there. And I like people who are typically uplifting, right? Supportive, right? Like life is hard, right? Uh, we got to make sure that we're uh, reminding everybody that we talk to, right? That it's our personal responsibility, right? To control what we control, discard the other stuff. It's so easy to blame. And there's, um, there's a scientific basis for why the world has gone a little wacky, which kind of happens when we're not social animals. Uh, it's a great article in the Atlantic about why everything is so weird. And I think that's what it's called. Why is everything so weird? And I'm doing my little part to try to change it. Well, you know, I'm going to mention this to you and I, you can put this in your SSP. Is that what we called it? SSP? Yeah. Shameless self-promotion. Every time I've ever spoken to you, you are a truly joyful person. Oh, that's and so nice. I want you to know that. I mean that you're a truly joyful. I always get off the front of them. I'm always uplifted. So that's what you spread. Unbelievable. Uh, All yeah, right. Can so. you call my kids? I they don't well, see I'm it sure, the same way. Well, they will. They will. And <laughs> it's funny. By the way, there's yeah, a, lot of things, exactly, exactly. a lot of the things in your book, we, we like they ask you answer. We ask, right? Awesome. Unbelievable. Right? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And Darmesh, who I've just enjoyed every time I've ever met him as well. So my question for you, would you rather win the lottery or live twice as long? Okay. So I've already won the lottery. The good thing about being 64 years old and working for HubSpot is I know how the story ends. Right. And just like everybody else, when I was a young adult, I had imposter syndrome. I didn't know if I what was going to happen. I didn't know how I was going to. I was always uncomfortable. Now I'm like halfway through my business life. Right. And I've seen a lot of stuff. And I was different now. It accelerates a lot more. It's harder. It's so much harder being a young adult now, Allie. All these old guys who say, oh, in my day, they're just like they forget. Right. They don't understand. Right. What it's like being in like a young adult in 2022. But like I've been married for 34 years to an unbelievable woman. I got two socially responsible kids. I live in a purple house. I got a great dog by the name of Stinson. I got plenty of dough. I can do anything I want. I work for the greatest company in the world. Oh, my goodness. Right. So I don't know who would play me in the Dan Tyre movie. Who would play you in the movie of your life, Jim? Oh, for me, it's got to be um, who would it be? Well, let's go with Robert De Niro. Ah, he's a little older than you, right? Not that much older. You and I are yeah, probably there's the makeup. Same. That's true. If you saw the Irishman, he like uh, ratcheted back to yeah. the like. Your, that was all CGI. Uh, and stuff. I mean, I've been it's married amazing. 33 years, so you and I are in the same sphere of influence. 33 years for me, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. is possible. You just have to marry the right person. You've got to understand that it's going to change, right? And you got to lean into your relationship. Anything that you take personal responsibility for. And if you really want to do it, the way we solve problems in 2022 is we start with the goals and work backwards. I always wanted to be married for my entire life. And so my expectation is that'll happen. Yeah, right. And you have that. And the key is leaning into the relationship. My son gets married this weekend and I am a co-best man. So one of the things I'm going to talk about is leaning into the relationship because it's not always in life and business. It's not always going to be ups. It's going to be ups and downs. You have to manage those ups and downs. But ultimately, if you know where you want to go, it'll end up up just like the stock market. Uh, right. So wisdom comes with that. Yeah. Hey, so we're nearing the end of this. I want to make sure we understand your role at HubSpot. What are you doing at HubSpot now? I'm an inbound fellow, which carries a lot of weight over in the UK. I guess a fellow is different in the UK than it is in the United States. Yeah, I work for HubSpot Academy. I'm responsible for a future of group learning at HubSpot. Uh, it's been amazing because I work for a great boss and it's a pretty challenging coordination of understanding how to create that community. Uh, it's been super fun. I got five jobs outside of Spy. You can go to www.dantire.com. I run a mentor program for people who need a mentor in their life. I uh, speak 
this is uh, the 28th time this year that I've either done a podcast or a public presentation. I used to go on the road all the time. Now it's uh, a lot of Zoom stuff. I write for my own blog and for the HubSpot blog and support HubSpot for startups, right? One day out of the month, I take a full day and I either go to a local co-working space or I do it virtual where I engage with scaling companies. They all ask me questions about how, like you have done today, how do I scale? I uh, dig into the data and the facts, and I try to give them good advice. Having helped hundreds, maybe thousands of companies scale in the past, I have uh, expertise in uh, B2B SaaS and professional services, and I try to give back to the community. I would love to do that. Uh, if you're ever doing a local one, I'd love to join just to see you do it and give back to the community and help companies. It's super fun. If you go to dantire.com, you'll see office hours. Right. And you'll see them listed when the office hour, you can do them via Zoom because it used to be all people. I used to do it at this um, restaurant called the Henry. There's a famous entrepreneur by the name of Sam Fox, who is a leading restauranter in the Phoenix area and now uh, nationwide. And he used to give me a table at the corner. I used to get there at seven o'clock and like people would come all day. Right. And it was super fun and it was so gratifying. And I'd learn all about these people and about their businesses and having a level of experience. If they would send me the three biggest inhibitors to growth, the three things they were obsessing over and they needed help with, I could help fashion ideas, thoughts, and they had to do all the work. But sometimes it was very helpful to get them on stuff. Well, I've been enjoying helping mentor some uh, young folks who are starting their businesses and seeing what they're doing. It's just a lot of fun. So I love doing that. Yeah, I stole this idea from Mike Volpe, right? He was the first CMO of HubSpot. And one day I saw him uh, post on LinkedIn, I'm going to do office hours. I'm like, what's that? And he's like, I'm going to sit with anybody who wants to hook me out. And I'm like, wow, I want to do that. He's like, knock yourself out, Tyre. So I started doing it in Phoenix and it became very popular. Then I started doing it everywhere across the world and it became very popular. And then in 2012, I started a program at HubSpot called HubSpot for Startups and was in their Slack channel. And it's just a great way of giving back on a regular basis. Well, you've been a wonderful guest. And I mean that. I don't mean it just from the information, but also that joy you bring to folks, that joyful soul. Thank you very much. How do folks get a hold of you? I know you've given us some uh, websites, but is there other ways they can get a hold of you they want to engage? Yeah, dtiredupspot.com, dantire at gmail.com, www.dantire.com. Great. And tire is spelled? T-Y-R-E. And you pronounce it very well. Good for you for reading the briefing sheet. I like that, Jim. Yeah. I I try so hard to get him to read the briefing sheet. And and it's finally paying off. It's finally paying off. And by the way, I just want to mention, when when they asked if I treat them like humans, I hope that I do. But I've had to retrain Brian because he used to call me boss. And I said to him, I am not your boss. I don't like being called a boss. I'm your colleague. And at best, I try to be a leader, but I have that's earned, right? So, yeah, uh, you know, and I had to break them from that habit. Yep. It slips a couple of times, but yes, every now does. and then I remember. Awesome. You guys are a great group. Brain Cell's a great company. Thanks for being associated with HubSpot. Thanks for doing things like this. If I can be of service, let me know. Well, I'm going to let you know right now. How about Gary V? Can you get him on my podcast? Ah, see that? Maybe Let's he's see. doing the V. He's got a big program in Minneapolis I know he does. this week. Well, you never know. I thought I'd ask. If you don't ask, you don't get. I think I'll see him at Inbound. I don't know the next time I see him, but if I do, we'll see you at Inbound because we're going to be there. Awesome. All right, Dan Tire. Thank you very much for your conversation today, your excitement, your enthusiasm. We really appreciate it. And to those folks who are listening to us out there, you can find this podcast wherever podcasts are found. Google, uh, Amazon, I don't know. Where are they found? They're found everywhere, right? Literally everywhere. Spotcast. 
And thank you, <laughs> Allie and Brian, for joining us today. Yeah. And Dan, again, thank you. Great podcast having you on board. Thank you for listening to this episode of Growth Enablement Madness Podcast. I also want to thank Divinio Podcast for this episode's production and distribution. Finally, thank you to Sam Ward for our musical introduction and outro. Be sure to check out all of our episodes wherever you listen to your podcasts, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. New episodes are available monthly and cover all important topics for growing and scaling your business. Until next time, this is Jim Ward signing off. Let's grow.